You're dialed in to the Turn In Two podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another episode of the Turn In Two podcast, season two, episode five. Back with me again, the Puerto Rican poppy, also known as <laughs> Tito. And we got a uh, we got our contest winner for the week for our um, our caption contest. Caption contest. Come um, on, get with the program, dude. Sorry, my bad. Um, he goes by Nolan Season. Nolan underscore Season. Um, Tito, we'll start it off with you, man. Um, how, how are we feeling? What a difference. Uh, an eight game win streak makes for Cardinal nation and the entire team. I, I, you can't even understate how much winning breeds confidence and how far confidence can take you. So uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Absolutely. And uh, Mr. Season. <laughs> your your first time first time on the show long time listener um how, how are you feeling after uh the sweep of the the daddies today you know like tito said man um it's crazy what an eight game win streak will do to you um i'm feeling pretty good and i had a giants fan tell me today that the postseason is better with the cardinals in it and I, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, I think everybody and their brother looking at the schedule were not very excited about it because I mean, all around, you know, the schedule we had tough opponents, but it seems like the Cardinals have stood up to the task. And um, you know, as we continue to win games, you know, our people that were fighting for that second wild card keep losing um, and we keep beating them. So um, yeah. Um, Tito, what was the, what was the turning point for you in this entire series? You know, I think I I'm going to say game two in that home run by Tyler O'Neill. Uh, I think you, you know, you obviously you're coming off a great win in game one, but that home run by Tyler O'Neill to put them up, you know, uh, in the game. And it was just such a complete momentum swing. Um, and the pretty much the air out of the, the Padres balloon was just absolutely gone. Um, as soon as that ball left the bat, I, I think it's, I think it's a pretty obvious one too, but I'm also going to say, um, you know, the defensive play of the Cardinals, this entire series. And, you know, we had it in, in all three of the games, but, you know, in game two, you, you also started out with some strong defensive play by Tommy Edmond. And look, when you can, when you can pitch to contact and trust the defense behind you, there's, you know, there's not a lot that the other team's going to be able to do. The Cardinals have it in the outfield. They've got it in the infield. Um, everything seems to be clicking right now. Um, and then you just pair that off with the, that two-run bomb by O'Neill. 
Um, and like I said, it was just such a, a momentum change for the team. Um, there was no looking back. The only question that you had was whether or not they could take it to the next level and take all three games. Um, but I, I just truly felt that 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 home run by O'Neill was was truly the backbreaker to say for the Padres. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's I I was unfortunately working at the time and I was stuck watching uh, the game day. So, you know, after Goldschmidt walked and, you know, Tyler O'Neill was sitting there and um, they kept pumping the pitches in and, you know, it's kind of on a delay. And then, you know, I see a fly ball to left field in play runs. I'm like, holy shit, here we go. You know, um, but at that point in time, you know, you're right, man. That's just in the past couple of weeks now, he it's just big head after big hit with for Tyler O'Neill. And I don't, you know, for me, it's just like that. And I know I said this the other day, but putting him in that three hole was probably the best decision that Mike Schilt could have made because I think happened in the, in this series or in the previous series with the Mets, maybe it was a Mets series, but you know, Tyler O'Neill was at first base and uh, Arenado had a hit. uh, I want to say right field, maybe the gap to right field and um i mean he went first to third and i mean Arenado's not a speed demon and neither is goldschmidt so i just think it's working out really well and you know with the 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 hopes and likeliness that we get to see jack flaherty get to see dakota hudson in the coming weeks you know you got to feel real good about it and i think we're down to what 12 games left in the season maybe 14 14 games and we're up three games i mean that's I mean, it's not lights out yet, but it's very comfortable. So, um, yeah, uh, Mr. Season, what? Sorry, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna keep calling you that. <laughs> yeah, you're good, man. Nolan's just kind of different, but I'll call you Mr. Season. But um, okay. what? Uh, what? What for you? What was the? Uh, what out? Let's not use Tyler O'Neill's home run because that was kind of that was very climatic. But uh, what was the high point for you during the the Padres series? I think it's got to be the starting pitching performance. I mean, we saw a gem from Miles Michaelis Friday night, and that just continued throughout the series. And I think that's a huge part of why this team is where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know me and Tito talked about it on our last podcast, but, um, you know, whenever we acquired the, uh, the, the two guys from the retirement home, we kind of really were shocked, I guess, but at the same time, you know, it's working out and we can't complain about it. Um, but I mean, looking ahead, we got a, a tough series against the Brewers. Um, but I mean, this team is, literally clicking on all cylinders and this is what we've been begging for for the entire season and i mean the question now is is how 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 many games in a row they can go so um i don't know how how many guys how many do you guys think that they're going to take from milwaukee i think think, yeah go ahead season mr season excuse me i think uh 
a split is probably the best case scenario. I mean, they're playing their best ball, but the Brewers' rotation is pretty tough, man. You know, four zero. Yeah, yeah. I I'm gonna agree that a split is probably the best case scenario. Um, I want to see they've got Freddie Peralta game one, Brandon Woodruff game two, Adrian Hauser game three, and Corbin Burns game four. So here's how I kind of view this. I I think the Cardinals need to approach this as if this was a potential. Um, and this is a high, highly, you know, uh, skeptical, but it's, look at it as a potential NLCS uh, tryout. Where are you? Where is the, the litmus test for this team? Um, you're coming off of an eight-game win streak. Um, you're coming off of two sweeps of, of teams that you needed to beat, um, and you're playing your best ball. So where can that confidence, as I said early on, where can that confidence take you? Can you beat Freddie Peralta? Yes, you've done it in the past. Can you beat Brandon Woodruff? Yes, you've done it in the past. And can you beat uh, Corbin Burns? Yes, you've done that in the past. But they're all, as you know, Mr. Season said, very good rotation. So realistically, can you take two of these games? Absolutely. But you have to do what you did during this eight-game win streak and get to their starting pitching early. Yeah, like today, you know, Arietta might be hurt, but the fact of the matter is is that the Cardinals were ready for him. Um, you know, you didn't do that so much against you, uh, Darvish, who was terrible heading, heading into Saturday's game. But your starting pitching build your offense out until you got ahead. So there, this team has the capability to, to push – at least two games. And I'll stick with that. If they can go two of two or two of four, I will gladly take that any day of the week. If they can get three of four, that is really, really good. And obviously best case scenario, right? You, you're saying a four game sweep. Am I counting on it? No, but I think they win at least two of these games. Yeah, and I think uh, personally, you know, I don't want to get out on a limb and, you know, start the homerisms, but. Um, nah, why this, would we do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. This team is better now than they were the last time we saw Milwaukee yeah. a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we almost sweeped that team at that point in time. But I, I do agree. I think that, that how we play this series will dictate how things are going to look against, you know, like opponents. And, and the last – the last time that we played them, you know, there was just um, – it just wasn't really there. A couple hiccups. I mean, you know, you know, the biggest thing there was Alex Reyes giving up, you know, that Sunday game and letting letting that game go. I mean, you had two of three from the Brewers then, and that Sunday game was a Brandon Woodruff game, who's their number one. So, like I said, they're beatable. They're, this is not a team that you can't – uh, that you're going in there saying, you know what, there's absolutely no way. And frankly, there's not a team in the NL right now that I don't think the Cardinals can or can't beat. But you still have to go out and play the game. Yeah, and like you guys both said, I mean, they're both they're both beatable. I mean, all all the all the pitchers are beatable. I mean, it, you just got to shut down Adamas and um, pray that uh, 
Yelich doesn't start getting hot. I mean, that and their goal, the 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 goal of the Brewers right now is to clinch with us in that building, and I want none of that to happen. You know, I, I don't want any of that to happen at all. So, um, you know, shit, let's go in there and take three or four from them and let's not let them have their party while we're in the house. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one thing to, to sit there and, and try to, to, to keep the status quo, right. You have your three game lead right now. Um, you shouldn't be playing intimidated. So, uh, Mr. Season, if you are the team, what are your keys to beating the Brewers in this four-game set? At least for the at least for the two games that you think that they'll win. I think the offense needs to stay alive like they have been. Tyler O'Neill obviously has been key in our offense. And obviously starting rotation too. I mean, you gotta pitch good to beat the Brewers and really that's, that's the key. Yeah. It's weird that it's weird that we, you know, when we have conversations about the starting pitching, you know, they have been very good. Um, and some of that has been on the road and some of it has been at home, but it feels as if like whenever they're on the road in Milwaukee, the inevitable of, you know, giving up two, three runs, it is there because of the way that the ballpark is built. It feels like a very hitter friendly ballpark. So, you know, we have in our rotation, you know, we're going to have Jake Woodford game one. And, you know, surprisingly, he did pretty well against the Mets last time. What do you think about his chances tomorrow? I think if, um, I mean, he's got the best defense in the league behind him. Um, really just throw strikes, you know? Yeah. I, I Look, I think that is a, when you say throw strikes, you know, that's something that the Cardinals have obviously did not do very well of in the first half of the season. And now with, that's kind of why they get them. They make the moves for Jay Habway, LeBlanc and, and John Lester, right? Those are proven veteran pitchers. They know how to pitch. They know that they need to throw strikes. Um, so then following up Jake Woodford, you've got John Lester who, you know, I don't know if you were watching the broadcast um, when he last pitched, but in September, he has like the fifth best ERA among active pitchers, which in September, I should say, which is kind of mind blowing. But at the same time, you know, he he's a proven veteran pitcher. So it, it's you know, it's not too surprising, but that's game two. Then uh, game three, you have Miles Michaelis against Adrian Hauser, which uh, I know they didn't, the Cardinals didn't do so well against Adrian Hauser the last time. Uh, but I think that game, if there is, you know, if they only win one game, that might, this one might be it. Uh, I think they do a better job of, of beating him the next time around. And then I think the best game that you have is Adam Wainwright versus Corbin Burns, Fireballer uh, versus Master uh, Craftsman at this point. So let's stick with with Adam Wainwright. Do you attribute more of the Cardinals pitching success to him? I guess more than anything at this point. 
that's for you, Mr. Season. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I think that Wainwright has had a big impact on guys like Lester and Jay Hab. Um, just seeing those guys having such a great season since we've acquired them, I think they are leaning on Wainwright a little bit to really kind of feel good about themselves and watching Wainwright do what he does. I mean, obviously he's been our best pitcher all year. I think that those guys really lean on that. So you mentioned that he's been very good and obviously he has been. Um, I think he has an outside chance to get into the top three of Cy Young voting. Where would you put him in your Cy Young vote? I have him top five right now. Um, I do think that Scherzer ends up winning that NL Cy Young award. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Wainwright's had a fantastic season. And yeah. It's, it's, been, to, it's been pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and it's hard to compete with somebody like Max Scherzer, who's, you know, since he came over to the Dodgers, I think he's had, what, nine starts. He's gone eight and one with like a 0.7 ERA, I mean, something stupid. And, you know, that's that's what you get when you're getting Max Scherzer. And you and I were talking about, you know, facing Max, Max Scherzer potentially in the playoffs. Um, and I think we would both agree that um, he would be a very, very tough customer should the Cardinals hold on to the second wild card spot and have to face him in game one or in the only game of the wild card. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup if we do end up getting that wild card spot. And I think it'll be really interesting and I'm not putting it past this team to be able to beat him, you know? Yeah, no, he, he would be he'd be tough. And, um, so so uh, Dingy, as I'm going to call you, um, which, when we talk about when we last talked about the Cardinals and, and facing the Dodgers and I said, um, you know, that I was that was my team that I'd want to face um, after seeing what Max Scherzer has done now, are we going to change our tune? Are we saying, nah, I'd rather face the Giants? No, I, I, the thing is, is, is the way this team has played all year, you weren't expected to be in the position that you're in. If you go and you face L.A. in a hostile Dodger crowd, take it full on. You know, I think that, you know, you've seen Cardinal clubs in the past take out top tier pitchers and, you know, with the the fact that the Cardinals just saw him a few weeks ago, I think that's a better case scenario than, you know, not facing him for months. Um, I mean, of course, it's going to be tough and it's not going to be easy, but the Cardinals can do it. And uh, I, I'm just I'm just all for going head on in. Let's just hit it full steam ahead and let's attack it. And you know, the better team's going to win and the, the, um, the pride and excitement coming from that 
this Cardinals team, if they end up knocking off the Dodgers, is you know cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, in a in a in a five game set, it might be a little bit tougher, but um, I'm not going to say, well, let's face the Giants just so you know we can potentially get in to a five game set. You know, let's just take who they give us and and do what we need to do to get by them. And it's going to be tough regardless of who we face. We weren't expecting to be where we are right now. I think we've wrote them off, you know, um, many times this year as it is. And, you know, for them to go in and then just get after it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a possibility to take them out in nine innings. I mean, you and I know that. And um, I think Schultz will probably go full steam ahead uh, in that one game, just to see who, uh, see what the outcome is. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty clear that the Cardinals have the attention of everybody at this point, um, and I'm and I'm literally talking everyone, um, up to national media writers, uh, Boob Nightingale, um, you know, everybody is looking at the team and saying, "Oh boy, here we go again," and you know. Mr. Season and I were having a conversation about whether you'd want to face the Cardinals right now. And I think we both agreed that uh, I don't think there's a team right now that would want to come to St. Louis or even face the Cardinals and, and take them on in a nine inning game, just with how hot they're playing. And I even said that they're not, they're not even at their peak. I, I think that they're very, very close. Um, but they're playing a, a brand of baseball that few teams get to. And it's just about sustaining that, that uh, consistency. Can you stay on top of your game um, for the next two weeks, for the next 14 games? Um, and then can you finish the marathon? Can you sprint to the marathon? Yeah. And I, 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 I agree. Um, now I'm going to, step aside from that and, and step into something else that I guess it's, and I don't want to sound, you know, like I'm pointing fingers in the negative area, but, um, you no, know, don't you do that. For, listen, moving forward with this team, you know, I mean, you guys can both sound off on it, but how are you guys, where do you guys think that, that the, that Cabrera needs to pitch? Cause he makes me, he makes me so nervous when he takes the ball. You don't know what you're going to get. It's kind of like Alex Reyes right now. You don't know what you're going to get, and it's like, man, he's he's throwing them in there, at, you know, three digits, but he doesn't know where they're going, and, you know, that kind of got us into a little situation today, um, and I know that Garcia had a little bit to do with that too, but um, it's just like if there's no shutdown and you just never know where, what you're going to get. You know, um, I think that's been our entire bullpen all year. Um, you really want them to do well. And I think going into the year, our bullpen has been the one that you look on to carry this team a little bit. And I don't know. I mean, it's going to be tough. I think that he's done a good job, Gallegos, and I don't know who your closer is going into a playoff series, but he's been pretty dang good. 
yeah, I'll, I'll tell you who your closer is. It's your hottest hand. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that if it were coming to a playoff game, Gallegos would be your closer. He's done a very good job um, as the closer while Alex Reyes figures his stuff out. But I'll go back to I'll go back to him in a second. I want to answer your question about Cabby. So here's the thing, right? I, I think Cabby, you know, has done very, very well this season. I don't think there's any reason to necessarily worry about him, right? You know, last year when we were facing the Padres against the playoffs, um, he couldn't get anybody out. But this year, he he did he he's he's shown me he showed me enough to to say, you know what? Today was a, a blip in the radar. You let it go. And you and I have talked about this before. Sometimes your bullpen's just not going to have it, and you got to find a way to win. Um, and the Cardinals offense, um, you know, bailed the bullpen out by scoring enough runs today. But the fact of the matter is, is the bullpen still got the job done. They didn't give up the lead. They won that. They also were a part of that win. And Cabby was a part of that. You know, when you're throwing 98-99 uh, from the left-hand side of the plate, there's chances are that not a lot of not a lot of people are going to hit uh, get hits off of you. And some of the pitches that he threw, you know, they were just hit, you know, too high, not well-located pitches. And he's going to go back and somebody's going to go back and tell him, you know, hey, we need to work on that. But we need to work on this scenario because if you noticed after that first hit, that's when the wheels started falling off for him. He started getting nervous as if, you know what, oh, no, I don't want to be the reason we lose this game. Um, but that's got to be something that you need to get over. And, and so I think you have a fair reason to be worried about Cabby, but I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, I got to press, press the panic button uh, for him. Uh, so for me, it's just uh, one of those things where you just have to trust his stuff. But going back to, to Gallegos and Mr. Season's point here about being the closer, today I think you saw why he is the closer um, because he can come into a game, a one-run game, and, and, and shut that down. There was a pitch sequence that, um, that happened, and it was against Fernando Tatis Jr., who, you know, I really want to talk about him here in a second. But that pitch sequence against him in that ninth inning was an absolute masterpiece. Slider, slider, away, low in the zone where you're not going to hit it, and if you do barrel it, it's going to be an out. Um, and then you climb up the ladder once, make him think that it's, you know, that you know, kind of changes eye level, and then you throw another slider low and away. And if you don't think that they were waiting for that moment in a game situation, you're kidding yourself because that's exactly how you pitch. That's why he's the closer. Yeah, that pitch sequence to uh, Tatis was brilliant. I mean, you know the blood flowing through his body wanted to be the reason that Bush Stadium got quiet. Absolutely. You, you could tell by every swing he was trying to tie it up. And that's what, you know, in those situations, that's what you got to take advantage of. Those guys that are wanting to do too much. And that's just like Javi Baez. you got to get him swinging, 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 swinging. That's what they did. You know, they, they plugged him away, away, away. Um, there was that one that was elevated that uh, he didn't bite at. And, um, right. you know, I mean, that was good. And, man, you know, can't say enough about it, 
how loud Bush Stadium was the past couple mm-hmm. nights. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. I I truly hope that this. You know, I, I I give fans reasoning to not going. I mean, but at the same time, you know, this team is in a position to make a deep push now. Wainwright goes on the record as saying, hey, you know, we know we sucked for a bit, but, hey, <laughs> we're doing it now, and thanks for coming. And, um, you know, there's no reason we shouldn't, as fans, you know, pack the house and give them everything we got because they're bringing it now, you know. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was – of course, I was on, you know, the edge of my seat finishing out that game today. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he he got it done, and that, that's all that matters and ended up sweeping the, the, the daddies and um, the birds are coming up. But, uh, Tito, go ahead and talk about Fernando. Oh, yeah. You know, what, what did it – uh, you know, I'll just start by saying it very bluntly. This was a really bad series for him. I mean, really, really bad. Um, he didn't hit very well, but he had, what, two hits, I think, in the entire series, a couple RBI. Um, you know, they they knew, the Cardinals knew what they were doing with him as soon as he stepped foot into Bush Stadium. They told themselves they were, he, they were not going to let him beat you. And I think they did the same thing with Manny Machado, but Manny Machado has a 324 lifetime average against the Cardinals. He's hit nine home runs. But I think what you saw with Fernando Tatis Jr. kind of reminded me of Yasiel Puig when he was with the car or the Dodgers um, in the playoffs and, and throughout the many times that we saw him in the playoffs. They knew how to pitch to him. And it's not very often that you get one of the best players of the game looking very, very, you know, plain um, through a three-game set. They knew exactly what they were doing. Then you're going to topple that with the fight between him and Manny Machado. Now, I don't want to know. I don't really care what it's about. But if you have Manny Machado yelling at you, it's not about you. You know, it's not effing about you you're good or you're one of the best or you are the best and you know it, there's a serious, serious problem brewing for the Padres between two really, really good baseball players. And if his attitude is to the point where um, that you have to have a teammate saying you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself, then there's something else that we're not seeing. And I'm, you know, there was a tweet, I think Quinn pointed it out, but somebody had said that, uh, the fans are chanting overrated to Tatis Jr. And I'm wondering if that's what got to his head. Or maybe it was because Phil Cuzzy was so bad at the strike zone that, you know, he felt like as if Cuzzy was not respecting him and his ability. But the point of it is, is that if you have a star like that mentally letting it go while you're in the middle of a playoff race, knowing that you have to beat this team that you're playing, and you can't do that, and you can't rebound, that's a big issue. And then you top it all off with the absolute horrendous play that he did in center field today in the first inning. And granted, he's not an outfielder. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not. He's not. I'm not going to sit there and say, you are. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be making those mistakes because that can happen to literally anyone. But the fact of the matter is, is this. In any sense of baseball, even if this was on the infield, if you made an error on the infield, knowing that there are runners on base, 
why would you not take the same concept of making sure all runners are not going to score or advance to the next base? Because guess what? You're all, you are almost 120 feet out in the outfield before you even pick that ball up after you missed it. You're not throwing a guy out from third base, especially Tommy Edmond, who's got plus speed. Your job at that point should have been, where are the other runners at? And can I get somebody out in front of me? Because the play is literally happening in front of you. So for him to do that and then just let it all go, as I said earlier in the day, the wheels completely fell off for the Padres. And it was just not a good weekend for Tatis Jr. Yeah, so you think uh, you think his emotions got the best of him after, uh, obviously, because he's being terrible behind the plate and potentially I mean, the chance of overrated got to him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't look whether he got emotional about it or too much emotion. That's that's for him to for him to work out. But I think there's something to be said that the pressure did get to him because, as I said. The Padres are were on a free fall before they even stepped into St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Now, literally, the floor was literally has now been literally shattered underneath them. They are on a free fall with a weight attached to them. Um, and now this dark cloud, if it were me, uh, I would be checking the I wish I would check would have checked the press papers in San Diego saying what they're talking about this uh, that fight. Because right now, that's all I can think about is how poorly that went for him. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you know, Tatis has been injured multiple times this season, you know, and he, the 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 competitive nature in his blood runs so thick. And, you know, I, I know he wants to be in the playoffs. I know, you know, that's all he wants to do is be on the, the big stage. But, you know, it – the Padres are kind of like the Cardinals this year. You know, they had a ton of injuries and, you know, for all the pitching that they signed this off season, I'm a little surprised that they aren't competing more in that division. It's just, I mean, they were initially, but then the injuries happened and, but you know, you can't blame it on injuries. I mean, the Cardinals been dealing with it all year and they're just, you know, picking up the scraps and getting it done and, and, and God willing, you know, we're going to have Flaherty and, and um, Dakota Hudson here to end the season and, and head into uh, one game or potentially deeper into the playoffs with a semi-healthy rotation. Yeah, I, I, as we talked about last time, you know, uh, one thing that the 2016 got going for them before they made their, their run was just flat out getting healthy just getting guys back at the right time, getting them going, getting them game ready. Um, and, and just seeing what, what can, what can happen when you uh, have a full squad. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I fully agree with that. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, the 2011 team, I went to the, the September 11th game in 2011 and, um, I think we're we were back a few games at time at the time, and I mean it's just gonna it's gonna come down to the wire again, and you know this team's either gonna make it or they're gonna break it, one of the two. But uh, at this point in time, you know they're they're fighting for that second wild card, and um, I, I'm I'm scared to see what happens if you get you know a thirsty Nolan Arenado in the playoffs. I mean that dude he he has a big moment, and 
to see the emotion coming from his body is just it's it's wild and um i mean that's what i'm hoping to see in 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 in, in october so <clears throat> um yeah so i mean what um i mean what, what do you want to discuss tito and is there anything that you want to talk about let's i'd let's, like to uh if you guys don't mind me chiming in yeah go ahead um i think that the fernando tatis stuff is pretty look over because look at tyler o'neill i mean he was sitting there getting called out on strikes that were three feet out of the strike zone and he didn't hesitate to sit there and be the guy. I mean, he could have been called out on strikes and been tossed in the first inning, but he comes back and he hits that big home run. And I think that's huge. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that's big. Yeah. And for me, like, I mean, you see, you see emotion coming from Tyler O'Neill, but I mean, I think, I think there's guys that, that they, I think sometimes guys in this, in this game expect to get calls pulled their way, you know, and yeah, it's, it's kind of shitty and, and a huge series like this one is that Phil Cuzzy had such a bad strike zone. And um, like I said, I couldn't see the game. I was just getting the game day feed um, with uh, the possible pitch locations. And they were, they were just, they were terrible. And um, I mean, rightfully so Fernando Tatis should be a little upset about him, but at the same time, man, you got to cool it down and, and uh, keep your emotions in check because you're in a huge game and, and he's, he's truly a difference maker uh, for his club. But, um, you know, Tyler O'Neill and his emotions, he kept him in check and yeah, he could have been ejected early on and, and uh, he panned out and then, you know, hit that big home run to, to give us the lead. So, yeah, I mean, it's something to be said. Um, but I don't think we'll ever, ever know the full on truth of what, what it was actually over. And I mean, I'm sure it's in the past now. I mean, those guys are brothers and. Yeah. And why would you, why would you disclose it? Yeah. Why would you, you know, you, at this point you lost the series, you need to do everything in your power and turn that page as quickly as you can. Yeah, can we talk about Alan Craig too? Like, not Alan Craig, uh, Emundo Sosa. Mm-hmm. That guy has been huge in what this locker room is doing and exactly think, how they're playing. Yeah, I, I think I think putting Edmundo in the everyday lineup too is, is big. I think he makes. Here's the thing that I think about him is he he you know he's got good contact, um, and, you know the occasional pop, but you know you got so many boppers in that in this lineup that i don't think it's it's necessarily needed the one thing that that i would like sosa to do and it's hard to i guess um try to channel it but you know he makes some he makes some really good plays and i and i've said this before plays that that the young won't make but at the same time i think there's a lot of times where he does rush him rush himself i know he made that throw the other day you know, knocking the lights out of the, out of the <laughs> umpire at first base. And Locked then today, it. today he overthrew that ball home, which cost the Cardinals a run. Um, that was a, and that was a really, really bad throw. I mean, really bad. Yeah. So it's like, 
you know, I love the plays that he makes, but at the same time, you know, you're not going to be a hero every time. But, I mean, where do you, where do you channel it at? To, I don't know. I mean, I love what he's doing, though. I, I, I love that this guy that, that people wrote off early on in the season because he'd step into a pinch hit role, you know, every third or fourth day and not get a hit, you know, is now starting every day taking the job. And, um, I mean, I know you guys talked about it earlier, but I don't – I don't foresee him being the everyday starter unless for some odd reason they upgrade every, anywhere else, but um, next year that is, but um, I mean, he's doing, he's doing good right now. You know why I said Alan Craig is the energy that he brings to the clubhouse. I mean, I saw a video earlier, is handshakes with all the players on the team and, I think that's huge, man. I mean, having a guy like that in the clubhouse that can bring energy to your team, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. And then, I mean, it, it's going to mold together to, to, to hopefully push these guys a long way. But I mean, I, I think ha- having him in the everyday lineup is, is big because I mean, not only that, but I mean, he's, I believe, I want to say third or fourth in the NL and hit by pitches. So, I mean, he's going to get on base too for you and he's got speed. I love that. He's got the speed. Um, that that's the only thing I ask is that maybe he take a step back and, and complete those plays instead of making those silly throws that, you know, could potentially harm you sooner or later. I mean, but he, he does make some very, uh, top 10 sports center plays. So, um, but so does, so does Tommy Edmond. I know you guys discussed it before I hit record, but I mean, yeah. Whenever we're talking about upgrading the team for 2022, you have to look at it in the aspect of you know where do you want to upgrade, what can you upgrade with, and is it going to be something that is going to push the club? And um, you know, I definitely think that you're going to look hard, hard, hard at shortstops, um, but you know. Sosa's doing well. So, I mean, but it's tough. It, 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 is, tough. It, it is tough. Um, but it's about being the best team out there. And uh, he's giving you what he's got, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'd like to touch on that. Um, with knowing Gorman doing what he's doing, what do you guys see as the Cardinals starting infield next year? Tito, you want to go first? <laughs> Is that because you don't want to answer it? <laughs> well, I thought you were trying to talk, so I was just going to let you. Talk. Nah, nah, yeah. Okay. So, um, that's a really good question. I, I think part of me goes back to the conversation that we were having earlier, uh, Mister Season, uh, and in terms of what are the cards willing to do first, uh, and and how that dictates uh, what that infield looks like you know, and throw in the wrinkle of whether or not the DH is going to be in play. Um, there are a lot of different combinations that you can, that you can, uh, can foresee here, right? We even talked about last time, uh, uh, Dingy and I talked about, you know, maybe, you know, Edmund shifts over to shortstop. It is his natural position. Um, and he's obviously very capable of playing good defense, 
um, maybe that's a, a, an option that they do. I mean, uh, I wouldn't cert I would certainly take a look at that if you're looking at bringing in uh, Nolan Gorman into the mix. Um, but then that requires the Cardinals to go um, and and retool the line or the lineup or the rotation in other positions, um, which wouldn't be the end of the world, right? I think Nolan Gorman can probably play a very adequate uh, second base, and I think you know what you're getting when it comes to um, his hitting potential. Um, do I think that that's what's going to happen? No, I I truly think that the Cardinals. Um, will need to go find um, a shortstop, a long-term shortstop. I don't think Paul DeYoung's the answer. I would love to see Edmundo Sosa still be on the team, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was, you know, with his emergence this season, um, also be moved um, in a deal at this point because other teams might be looking for a shortstop. And maybe you get a relief pitcher for a guy like Edmundo Sosa that can help bridge your bullpen because remember we still don't know what we're going to get out of Jordan Hicks and you also should the Cardinals choose to do this um, also might be relieved, you know, uh, using Alex Reyes in the, in the rotation. And so you're also looking for another guy that needs to replace Alex Reyes. Um, so there are a lot of different things. So I, I, I know I'm not really answering the question per se, but if it were me, I would say a free agent shortstop, Tommy Edmond at second base, and you know who's at the corners, then obviously uh, you're forever backstopping Yadier Molina. You know, I'd like to touch on this while we're still here. Um, I know me and you talked, Tito, about who would be your guy going into the offseason, but who would be your guys' guy going into the offseason shortstop-wise? I mean, me, numbers-wise, numbers-wise, I mean, I'm probably going to go – I'm probably going to go with Correa. I mean, just looking at his numbers, um, it would probably go Correa, then, then Story. Then, I mean, if you have to go, you go Seager at the, at the, 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 the bottom chance at all. But I think the route they're going to go is they're going to probably, I think, I don't know, they're probably going to go sign one or two guys. They're probably going to sign Correa or Story. And then I think you bring up Gorman for the DH role. Um, and then you can shuffle people around as you need to. And if, if Arnado needs a day off of playing the field, you know, you can plug him in there to uh, DH role and put Gorman a third or Edmund. Um Edmund and Gorman can swap, but um, I mean, I really do think that they'll probably uh, attack pitching really hard and, and then upgrade substantially at shortstop and, and one of those two guys. Um, now, is it is is everything done with if they don't know? But I mean, I think they're going to probably move, you know, me and Tito talked about this last time, but they're probably going to move, you know, guy uh, Paul DeYoung um, and maybe some other guys around. But, yeah, I, I think you're going to look at um, trying to go after Story or Correa. That's who I would go. That would be my first two picks. Um, I'd go one, two, Correa, Story. Um, but then you, can, then you can have, you know, Gorman in the DH role. So that's just – that's me. How big is Story's connection with Arenado to you? 
massive. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're 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 close, real close. Um, do I think that? I, I I'll, I'll say I don't think it's a it's a game changer for for Arnado's contract if he does not come here. I mean, Arnado just wants a World Series. He you know he can he can text his buddy afterwards. But I mean, I, I think that I, like I said, I think that's going to be one of their top choices. Um, but with that being said, you know, if, if he's not, you know, brought to St. Louis, I don't think he's going to be up in arms about it, but I, that might be a, an easy fix if they need to, because of the connection. I think if you need to get a Trevor story in here, you say, Hey, Nolan, go talk to him. And, you know, he says, Hey, come on over, you know? Uh, and of course, it's not going to be that easy, but you know you have a lot of play in that category with Arnado in St. Louis already. Um, but I mean, this is just me playing fantasy. If I wanted to pick who I got, I would probably go with Correa first. But you do have a lot of pull with Arnado already here, and and Trevor Story, <clears throat> and Trevor Story's got some speed and some pop, you know. And um, so, I mean, as lo- as long as you upgrade. I think I will be fine, but I know there's some guys that were like, you know, go after Corey Seager left-handed bat, but I mean, his power numbers really aren't there this year. And uh, Wow, I mean, that's that's literally what I said last week. Yeah, I mean, his power numbers are uh, <laughs> not there. Oh, well, I looked this up like, three weeks ago, so wow. it has nothing to, to do with it. To touch on that, I mean, story might not be the guy, but you want to keep Nolan Arenado around. And that's yeah. huge. And I don't think, like I, I don't said, think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think after his little chat with MLB.com this week, like he's he's very happy with St. Louis. He just wants to win, you know. And um, I mean, if if uh, that's why you have to get better, you you have to get better because you got these guys like Goldschmidt and and um, Arnado himself, and 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 the and the, the retirement tour coming up. I mean, next year you are literally all in. Um, so you're going to have to go out there and, and, and go for the title next year for sure. But, you know, whether that be um, with getting Story or, or Correa, cool. Um, but, uh, you know, go all in for it and let's see what happens. Tito, who do you think we're going to get? Uh, I just, in my head, I, I feel like I know the organization well enough to, yeah, <laughs> to, no, to, I know. to just be like, you know what? I think they're going to take a different approach and go starting pitching, which I, I think I said to Mr. Season that I, I would probably go that route just because as we have seen with the Padres, um, and you can see it with the Dodgers. You can never have too ma- too much pitching. Um, you so, need it. Well, let me stop you there. Would you? Okay. How would, where would you sit at if they upgraded the bench, upgraded the pitching, and that was kind of the extent of it? Brought up Gorman to DH. Um, they didn't upgrade and just left it how it was. I mean, you'd call up. You'd call up guys like probably Evan Mendoza or Kramer Robertson to play, you know, to come off the bench. But I mean, you, you don't upgrade your hitters except for off the bench, but you upgrade your pitching 
Yeah, I, and I and I, I totally understand. I, I think that's a very good counterpoint, um, especially when, you know, this season, you know, for big-time stretches, the offense was pretty much the, you know, bane of our existence um, through this season. So I think it's a very good counterpoint. Um, I just say that pitching, you can never have too much of it is because um, look what happened to them this year when all those injuries piled up for their starters. Yeah. Um, you know, as we talked about last month, um, June, they went 10 and 17. Um, and that's their only losing month on record. But that was enough to put them out of the division um, before the trade deadline even passed. Um, so do I think that the team can be serviceable um, without an upgrade? I mean, I think you're looking at it right now and saying, yeah, I mean, they can probably play. Will they have the same kind of season? Maybe not. But I think if you had starting pitching, um, at least two to three guys that you know are going to go out there and give you uh, a really good chance to win, um, you're going to have success and you're probably closer to the Brewers. I mean, could you imagine these next 14 games, what you have, seven against the Brewers and seven against the Cubs. But imagine that you were only two games back in Milwaukee right now. Mm-hmm. And okay, with, these, with these next two games, it's, it's, I mean, it's just crazy. To touch on that, besides Scherzer, because we talked about him, who is your top guy this offseason? I'd have to look at I'd have to look at who's available. I know Kevin Gossman is is a name out there. I think he's a very cardinal esque pitcher, um, and there are a couple other guys. But I, I mean, I don't think you need to target anyone further than Max Scherzer, in my opinion. Um, if you're the Cardinals looking for starting pitching, because I think you've got plenty of arms right now. Um, and you know, Dingy and I have talked about even bringing back one of Jay Jay Happ or um, John Lester, I think that's very reasonable. Um, and as you and I talked about, uh, season, um, Libertor is right there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the potential that you may see him as a, as a fifth guy. Yeah. I, th- yeah, it's just, I'm, I haven't looked at it either to go, okay. But I mean, they're going to make, I think they're going to make trades this off season to get, get, you know, some of the weight out of the uh, off, off the 40 man and other stuff. But uh, I, I just think that they're probably going to make, they're probably going to make a trade to get some guy for, you know, who's got a year or two left on his, on his deal. And, um, you know, you got Libertor just sitting, uh, um, sitting in the, the waiting area, waiting to be, get his name called. <sighs> but, you know, you, you're right. You can't ever have too much pitching and, um, I don't know. There's just so many moving parts with this team going into the off season to where it's just like, you know, what do you need to do? What do you need to get done? And, um, you know, I mean, a, a name that you have to look at if he, if you can get, I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to get ran over like a freight train, but I, I, I think, you know, I, I think. Just say it. Come on. Go ahead, man. Just say it. Damn. I mean, what are you gonna do if uh, if if you know Story Craig go off the off the market quick and, and you're looking at Seeger and you know Javi Bias says I mean, it'll take two years. You're looking at the New York Yankees. They're 
Yankees are going to get one of those shortstops. Yeah, I can and see they're going to pay heavily for it. I can see story, but at the same time, like I was telling Tito a few weeks ago, you know, why not try to? You can trade. You can trade Paul DeYoung to the Yankees too. I could see that also. I mean, it's a hitter's park. I mean, he needs all the help he can get. But, um, well, we we're 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 at an hour mark, maybe a little over. Um, so, Tito, you got. I, I had a request the other day from one of our. Mm-hmm big heavy hitting listeners that he wants the hot takes back and he won't so he wants the hot takes back so uh mr season i i hate to put you on the spot but i mean you're you're the guest today so i need an extremely scorching hot take to start off the hot takes to end this thing okay um I'm going to say Nolan Arenado hits 35 home runs. This year? This year. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Hot take. 14 games left, and he's okay. at, what, 30? He's at 30, I do believe. Dang. Okay. Uh, I'm. Yeah, okay. I think, I think you're spot on. I think he'll hit two in this next series alone. But well, any, anything's possible in <laughs> in Milwaukee's. Oh man, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you guys asked for a hot take, man. I, I, not, you know, he's <laughs> at, okay, he's at thirty-two. He's at thirty-two. Oh yeah, thirty-two. I mean, 30, 35, 35 is, is thirty-five is definitely reach. Hell, yeah. I, could, I whenever whenever freaking O'Neill's at twenty-two or twenty-three, I said, you know, if he wasn't injured, he might have touched he might have touched thirty, and he's two away from that now. And I mean, he might hit 35 at this point in time. He gets in that launching pad this week, and he may go off and hit four in there alone. But uh, okay, um, then let's let's bump that. Let's say let's let's say who is more likely to reach 30. Who let okay, Nolan Arenado, Nolan Arenado to hit 35, or Paul Goldschmidt to get to 30. Who does it first? Paul Goldschmidt. How many is Goldschmidt at? 28? He's at 26. Oh. He's goalie. four off of 30, and Arnado's three off of 35. Who goes That for guy has been hot. Yeah, and he's – I mean, if we play in Chicago, we play in Milwaukee, I mean, why not they just get it on the same freaking day? <laughs> I mean <laughs> – you mean in the same game or the same? Yeah, the same game. The same yeah. damn game. So, so goalie goes for four and Arnado hits three. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying is Arnado's at 34, Goldie's yeah. at 29, and they get 35 and 30 in the same game. Back to well, they can't go back to back unless Tyler O'Neill's die, day off. But when the well, O'Neill's having a fucking year, so he's having a one. Um, okay, Tito, it's your turn for the hot take. So um Johnny joints can calm his tits. Yeah. I mean, shout out to, to Smitty for sure for uh, busting our chops for not. He, he wants to jump on sometime too. I, to I, I know. Guest. We'll get him in there. We'll he wants him. to be a guest, but I told him, he, well, the, the, he needs to be problem. more respectful. That's what he needs to Not do. only respectful, but he's got to understand that we, you know, we don't eat dinner at 4 30 and go to bed at six. Yeah. We're not old like he is. No, he's, he's elderly. 
he is elderly. Okay, That's, what's your, what's your okay, hot okay, take? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can I stick with the coleslaw one, or do I need? Can oh I no, you attack that fucking coleslaw right now. Okay. I I don't know how people do it, but I'm gonna stick with this. Coleslaw does not deserve table space with any kind of barbecue food imaginable get it out it's better in the trash can out of my sight i don't want it i don't care what anybody has to say fucking sucks it does suck it is awful (laughs) get it out of here it's trash i told smitty that it is yeah he goes oh no it's really good on a sandwich and i said wow i can't believe you like eating trash old Yes, no, it's garbage. Get it out of here. It's bad. I agree 100%. You know, there was one day I was at some barbecue joint and that shit was on my sandwich. And I was like, no, No. I'm not going to eat. This isn't, this is like, this is, you should go to a different barbecue joint. Do what? You should go to a different barbecue joint. Oh, yeah. I haven't been back (laughs) because I don't recall ever being on a sandwich again. No, but like why do you, why would you do that to somebody? Like, no, like literally, there is zero good tasting option about it. Like, n- literally, nothing no, about it tastes good. It. <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's trash. <laughs> it's trash. Okay, you now it's your turn. Hit us oh, up. Shit, I didn't even think anything yet. Well. <laughs> Throw, th- but okay. you put you put season on the spot. I did. I didn't even warm him up to it. You're just like, hey, give us a hot take. Okay, give us a hot take. Give us <laughs> a hot take. Um. Okay, Tito. Uh. Shit. I don't know. Throw something at me, Tito, and I will just I will go off on it. Okay. Uh. Crowd at Bush Stadium. Okay. The crowd at Bush Stadium. Wow. The crowd at Bush Stadium. I mean, they're pretty good, really. They've been they've been getting better. Um. Obviously, I haven't been in attendance. You haven't invited me to anything. But That's um, okay, recently been up there. Um, say that again. Have you been up there to Bush? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> plenty of times. Oh yeah. It's it's been it's been hit or miss, but I'm gonna let him. I'll let him finish. I'll let him finish. Go so, ahead, Dylan Dinger. So here here here's the issue that I have with the crowd at Bush Stadium, and you know this is with all respect. You know, respect. Yeah, yeah. You know that they quit doing the woo. Thank goodness. You know, but why? Woo is good. It's it's no. It's okay. It's terrible. You can't come back. (laughs) (laughs) You can't come back. You guys brought me in. Remember that. The 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 woo was terrible. But why are these clowns doing the wave in the middle of a a hot at bat or anything of that? The game is close. Why are you doing like? Like I'm sorry if you're just a a, a a casual fan that goes to a game, but my ass will never stand up and shake my shake my arms in the air no. doing the wave. I won't do it. You know, um, you know. And another thing about crowds at, at sporting events: stay off the fucking field. You know, it's not cool. It's not cute. Um, you know. Oh, here, you want to hear another one? Yes. I, I don't know if you TikTok much, but have you seen this bullshit that these 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 pups are doing with the the tits or ass thing yeah i think it's kind of funny no it's not it's fucking stupid it's fucking (laughs) stupid yeah it's her ass i mean it's just it's ridiculous like 
man, leave him alone. Like, I, I, except I say leave him alone, but as we said which, at the which, game, which wait, you know, who, what are we leaving alone? The or, huh? Are we leaving alone the player or the physical items? No, the, the, the player, leave him alone. Oh, okay, like, got if, it. Go, got if you want to go play your game, you know, your TikTok game, go play it in the parking lot with your buddy named, um, you know, Stanley uh-huh. and do that. I mean, mm. I don't know, man. Just just be a cool crowd. Yeah. You know? Just be a cool crowd. You know, lower lower your concession <laughs> prices. Lower your concession prices. Yeah, you don't need to be paying 10 bucks for a beer. No, well – that's never going away. Just I'm just not trying to pay, you know. Spe- speaking of speaking of prices, I paid 30 bucks to park at the Royals game on Friday. Oh yeah, that's not surprising to me. Gross. Gross. This team is 67 and 81. How much I'm paying $30. They, they can get cardinal prices, man. How much did, how much did you pay for the tickets though? 20 bucks a piece. Oh, see that's a, that's not a bad deal. Um No, it's not. But 30 bucks to park? Yeah, well, weren't you on a date with your wife? Yes, I was. Okay, and I didn't well, do anything for that, but okay, okay, then stop complaining. I'm gonna complain. Oh well, that's nothing new. Complain all you want, man. It's fucked up. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> wow. Well, guys, I'm gonna wrap this one up so we can get this. Yeah. So we can uh, get everywhere they everywhere they need to be. But um, you know, I'm very um, thankful you guys have me, man, and. I would love to be back on again. Yeah. Um, can't wait for the run through of this tomorrow morning. Absolutely. And shout out to Roberto Clemente, by the way. Oh man, the goat. The goat. The, the the literal sent from heaven. Um Roberto Clemente 21. R.I.P. What a what a hero, truly. Um True. but um yeah, if if anybody wants to, you know, download listen, uh yell at um spend their time uh, in the bathroom listening to the turn to podcast um you can do that via apple itunes google podcast or spotify and for the final word my main man how about them cardinals how about them cardinals how about them <laughs>